This podcast is a presentation of EMG, a leading communications agency specializing in developing results-driven content marketing for industrial technology companies. Want to learn more? Drop us a message on Twitter at EMG Marcom. Hello and welcome to this EMG podcast series on communications in a crisis. I am broadcast journalist and host Chris Merrill. In this series, we're going to look at how industrial players are working their way through today's turbulent environment and what they ought to be doing in the aftermath of this coronavirus crisis and then how they should prepare for what is an inevitable black swan event the next time it comes up. And I'm delighted today I'm going to be joined by crisis communications expert Gerard van der Zanden and a TV radio broadcaster turned public relations pro Holly Bentley. A uh, brief introduction here on Gerard. He's got over 30 years of communications and training experience and he's got a strong background in both government and in industry. In fact, uh, his most recent corporate calling was with uh, Lionel Basil. And when he was with Lionel Bassel, he took care of their international uh, communications as a, a, a communications manager responsible for all the communications throughout Europe and Asia and, again, internationally. Gerard, welcome to the program. Uh, let me just jump in and ask, uh, how do you think the industry is doing so far when it comes to the communications through this global pandemic crisis? Well, as a whole, I think it's uh, doing quite well. You can see differences in industries which are prepared and which are not prepared. It depends highly in which segment of industry you're looking. If, if you look, for instance, at chemical industry, uh, most of the time they have uh, well-prepared plants and uh, you can tell by the speed and the accuracy of uh, what they are telling to their own people and to the public because that's uh, the two-way street, which is uh, hugely different from... Uh, let's say, an, an, a normal crisis where uh, a fire or an explosion is involved, uh, that's, that's uh, most of the time, of course, something you communicate internally, but uh, most of the time externally. And now the focus is even 60-40. That means 60% uh, to, uh, to their own team and about 40% to the outside world. But as a whole, uh, I think the industry is, is reacting quite good. Uh, the most nice thing to see is uh, that uh, the collaboration between industries is uh, is is really huge, and uh, they are prepared to don't be competitors to one another, but uh, work together and make sure that uh, the stuff which people are looking for at this point of the pandemic. Uh, is made, is delivered, or is uh, in place. You hit on a, a number of different topics here, and I wanted to kind of pick those apart, if I may. You you mentioned normal versus uh, what we're seeing is this global pandemic, which I'm assuming is sort of an abnormal crisis. I don't think we've seen anything like this, uh, not in 100 years anyway. So uh, are there different plans in place for some of the well-prepared agencies to have a, uh, a normal plan of attack uh, for something like a, a fire or any other uh, supply disruption, for instance? and uh, and what we might be seeing with this global pandemic. Well, yeah, normally you have prepared all possible situations uh, and uh, the, the, the most obvious ones are uh, when, when something is happening, happening at the industry plant itself, but uh, uh, of a scale as we experience it right now is over an age ago. I think it was in the early 1900s that we had uh, such, an, such a, a pandemic and uh, that was the last time we encountered it. I can't remember it because uh, I wasn't born then, but... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I can tell you that uh, this experience is totally different, and and also from the uh, the phases you're going through, it's 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 quite different from uh, let's yeah, it sounds strange a little bit, but uh, if if you talk about a normal crisis, let's say a crisis in general. I suppose there are different types of crises, right? We've got the the external uh, events, fire, pandemic, mm-hmm. and then also there are there are other crises such as internal. Uh, is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Where uh, you know, in in the United States, I think of Enron, you know, twenty twenty five years ago, whatever it was, when when they had a massive crisis and and the whole thing melted down. Are these all the sorts of things that, as a communications manager, you should be preparing? Internal, external, normal, abnormal, international, localized. Uh, is there a, a separate plan for all of these different crises? Uh, in most industries, prepare in this way, and uh, they are really prepared in in. Uh, all crises you can come up with. So yes, uh, they are prepared, and yes, uh, you are constant working on uh, new possibilities, new uh, issues you can encounter in uh, doing your business. Give you a little example over the last few years, uh, when you have an IT breach, computer breach, uh, that's quite new for some companies, but uh, that's something that uh, companies, especially in, in the larger industries, are preparing for and making sure that they have a plan in place and that, that they can react to it. Gerard, you've worked uh, not only with the, the chemical companies, but also uh, with Royal DSM, Office Depot, Rockwool. You've you've seen uh, a number of different, I, I guess, perspectives from a number of different industries. Is there a different way to go back to what you mentioned before in dealing with this crisis about 60 percent internally, 40 percent externally? Is there a different way that some of these companies may may approach a, a crisis and who do they prioritize? Employees? Is it vendors? Is it uh, is it other partners? Is it the investors? How does somebody begin coming up with that that plan of attack? In, in fact, you get the question by itself. And um, in in normal life, you have the event, and and you you get the response to it, and uh, that will go to the outside world in a quite a fast uh, way. Uh, now you can see that you have an outside event which is affecting the company. So uh, where it, uh, an, a normal crisis is from uh, going from the inside out, now it's coming from the outside in. And people are worried about their own health, obviously, but uh, also uh, taking in account, okay, um, next step, if it's clear what I have to do and how we arrange our business, how we organize our business, what can we do to, to help society, to help the neighbors, because that's, that's mostly what happens uh, to, to, to survive this pandemic. That point in itself, I think, is interesting because it, it would seem that putting the neighborhood, let me use the neighborhood in a broad term, putting the neighborhood mm-hmm. first seems to be a good PR move as well. I mean, not only morally does it seem like a sound advice, but from a public relations standpoint, crisis management, and we've seen this with uh, with companies that are producing ventilators, you know, auto manufacturers producing ventilators now, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of the other uh, industrial companies as we've talked about who are putting out masks. That seems to be, from a crisis management standpoint, the the, the morally upstanding thing to do is the right thing to do from a crisis uh, perspective. I think there's a need, and I think there is a need from society, and, and um, it's it's not uh, PRing or, or making uh, a good show out of it. It's, it's, it's a necessity to, to shift your business, and I give you a little example of uh, a big brewery in the Netherlands uh, who stopped beer production 
and started to uh, make uh, disinfectants for, for your hands and, and uh, for uh, nurses and doctors. So here you see that it is a genuine reaction to, to uh, some needs which are really there. And since we stopped flying, uh, we need to do it locally. So what you see is that the dependency on what happens in, in a region is more important than it was ever before because some systems in our supply chain are down. It's as simple as that. So I think uh, communication obviously is huge too, and that's something else we're seeing here in the United States when companies are shifting and making hand sanitizers, but also you know putting your name out there to show that you can step up as a company and help and provide the resources that you actually have. I'm wondering how fascinated you have been with the empathy factor as well from what we've seen with companies and big box stores and things that they've been shifting their message to show that they're empathetic. So communication's big, but how big of a part does empathy pay, play in a pandemic as well? Well, em em empathy is quite important, but as I said, it's a necessity as well because uh, the shortage through the supply chains is there. Uh, the limitations of, of production is there. Is there. So um, look in the US, we have a Dutch company called Philips and they were um, producing fans, uh, very um, 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 sophisticated fans for intensive care, but they now decided also to have a second production line in which they uh, have a simpler version uh, so they can operate in the hospital, deliver to the hospital in a faster way. So th there you see that, that business systems stay in place, but they want to take responsibility and they want to deliver, uh, let's say, in the country, in the region, because uh, a lot of the supply is, is, is not present anymore. Gerard, I'd like to ask sort of a delicate question here, and I hope that I don't uh, sound like a buffoon as I ask this, but how does somebody determine the right amount of braggadociousness they should attach to their efforts? Uh, for instance, you mentioned Phillips, or we mentioned the, the local brewery making the hand sanitizers. It is in their best interest to get their brand out there and let people know that they've done that. At the same time, they don't want to come across as trying to capitalize on a tragedy. Is there a way to determine what the right level of branding is around these efforts? If you don't poster it yourself, if you don't use it in a commercial way, I think it's genuine and most industries are reacting in this way. It's, it's the way to go, I would say. Until now, I didn't see many companies using their special things they are doing in these uh, difficult times. Uh, no, they just do it. They get the question, they try to deliver, and, and most of the time they have very smart business systems that they can, the business or production systems that they can deliver. So it's genuine. Um, they don't brag about it. They don't make a, a big PR stunt out of it. They just do it. And, and I think that's the way to go, and that's what most companies do. And there is no difference in the US or China or, or Europe. They are all delivering in the same way and, and trying to make their contribution. And I think that's the magic word. They try to contribute to a situation which we never encountered. And that's the magic word, just contribute. If, if I'm running a company and Holly is my customer, so to speak, or one of my vendors, 
does Holly pay attention to whether or not my company responded when she's getting ready to make her next uh, uh, purchasing decision? Does she pay attention to if I'm the brewery that flipped my machining over to be able to make uh, hand sanitizer versus, uh, you know, the brewery that, that just closed up shop and, and, um, and sent everybody home? Does she pay attention to that community involvement that my company had in a time of crisis? It's not a matter of, of just uh, being the brewer or be, being the, the, the medical producer who wants to shift to, uh, to, to deliver something to the market. It's, it's a joint effort and, and they need their partners. That's, that's clear. And they also need a, a third party. So, uh, no, I, I don't think that's an issue. It's, it's more, more or less a, a natural thing to do at, uh, at this moment. Chris, I think um, some of the companies that I've been seeing here in the U.S. and that have been doing that, that's been a really big discussion about, um, you know, the companies that are stepping up, the ones that are donating mattresses, making hand sanitizers, delivering food or helping out with um, underprivileged. And I really do think that even though they are stepping up and doing the right thing, that will resonate with people in in this community and any community across the world once you know this all plays out. I definitely think next time I'm probably gonna go to the brewery that stepped up. Yeah, that was sort of my question is, is uh, are you almost, and I don't mean to sound callous about this, but are you almost buying goodwill with the community, with your vendors, with your customers, uh, simply by, mm-hmm. again, doing the right thing that we've been discussing along along the way here? Yeah, and, and I think it's the way to go. And, and uh, it's, it's, as I said, as long as you don't PR it, as long as you don't use it for commercial uh, use, uh, Gerard, uh, fascinating conversation. I want to continue with you here in our next our next episode uh, when we'll talk about the aftermath coming out of a crisis such as the coronavirus uh, or others, as we've discussed, maybe some of the localized uh, uh, crises uh, and uh, some of those things that, and again, we've seen it in, in business around the world that can be self-inflicted as well. So I, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing a little bit of your, your take on what do we do now? So that'll be in our next episode. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you thus far. Uh, Holly uh, Bentley is a, a television radio broadcaster who went to the uh, the professional side of uh, public relations. Uh, she got an honest job is what happened. I'm uh, broadcast journalist Chris Merrill and of course our very special guest uh, with over 30 years of communications and training experiences Gerard Vanderzand and it has been a pleasure speaking with you here this afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. This podcast has been presented by EMG leading communications agency specializing in developing results-driven content marketing for industrial technology companies. You want to learn more, drop us a message on Twitter at EMG Marcom. <laughs>